Welcome to a special podcast. I'm Drew Patchelam, joined by Rory Flanagan to preview the Dubai World Cup meeting. Rory, welcome. How are you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yes, well, joined by, as everyone will know, international expert Rory Flanagan. You can follow him on Twitter at Rory underscore Flanagan, I believe. Am I right there, mate? That's the one. Yep. Tips uh, more often than not. <laughs> Perfect. So just a quick one. How how did you get interested in the international horses being based in Australia? What got you onto the international form? Uh, when I was at university, I used to spend um, spend a lot of time as a night owl. And uh, more often than not, I was up late watching the, um, the international racing, uh, sleeping through classes during the day and then up all night watching, uh, watching overseas racing. So I got got into it that way. Um, followed the uh, the imports when they'd come over for our major races and then now that uh, I'm working a job where I work night shift uh, about 85% of the time I'm watching international racing more than I'm watching Australian racing really so that's where I uh, get my angle from. Perfect I understand that perfectly when I was geez 10 years ago started just following the, the, the horses uh, I started with UK because I'd come home from work I'd have a sleep and then I'd wake up at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and just do a four to five hours and just run through. I was on a little forum and, you know, we'd all be sharing our views on different races, probably only be betting into four or five races, but you'd be following it all night and that's how you got your form lines, right? Exactly. And even even when you have the horses like Black Caviar who've gone overseas and you just learn so much more about international racing and the way they do it and how it differs from our racing. It's uh, you know, it's good to have a look at something different from time to time. And from probably 20, 2012 onwards, I followed it each year, each season more closely and more closely um, to a point now where I'm pretty much, you know, checking the, the cards every single night. Um, Lovely. So a quick one on Dubai. So for a lot of people who don't understand Dubai racing, there will be half the races on dirt and half the races on turf. So we have a dirt rating of fast and we have a turf rating of good. How, from previous years, do you expect the uh, different surfaces to play? Traditionally, with with your dirt races, uh, the horses leading or on speed have a pretty distinct advantage over those that are that are trying to make ground from the back. There's a lot of kickback and, you know, as a personal preference, if I was running somewhere, I wouldn't want someone flinging sand and mud and dust and dirt in my face. So a lot of horses tend to resent kickback and the ones who, who can run in, who run in behind and don't handle the kickback drop away pretty quickly. And that's why you end up with these widening margins in the straight because all the horses that have faced the kickback tend to struggle and choke down. And then the horses that have had the lead or they've sat off speed or, or sat wide outside the leader, they're the ones who tend to challenge. So it's almost like a race within a race. You've got to have pace to get up near the speed and you've got to have the ability to do it at the other end as well and close out the race strongly. So um, horses that can get out the gates quickly and then give a strong kick on the turn, they're the ones that you're looking for. Uh, last year, the, the Dubai World Cup Carnival was was, all, was almost a greyhound track. It was... A, yeah, the rail was hot. Uh, everyone was trying to find it. Uh, most races on the card, except for one, uh, ended up with the leader winning the race. Uh, the exception, mind you, biscuits, and he came from 12 lengths off the pace at about $900 in the run. So I don't 
going to be happening for, and he certainly won't be doing it since he's off to stud. <laughs> Perfect. So just a quick one. Um, I had seen a little bit of rain around the past few days over there, so it's probably not going to be as rock hard as it was last year, which probably plays against some of the Japanese horses a bit. Yeah, I still, I still think there wasn't enough to really saturate it and, and get in and affect the track conditions too much. And it'll probably, it'll probably be a hot day uh, Saturday before before the actual uh, racing kicks off, and that'll probably dry out uh, the track further. But yeah, the, the Japanese horses tend to like the, the look of uh, the Dubai Carnival because of how uh, firm they can get the tracks. So um, I still, I still think. It'll play nice and fair on the turf side of things. It'll be a perfect, perfect racing surface. The grass coverage is, is always excellent, and uh, the dirt. Well, dirt's dirt. <laughs> Makes sense. So let's get straight into it. So Rory and I off air talked about this, and we both agreed that race one is simply a skip for us. The Arabians have no four minds to go off. You're simply, as Rory said off air, throwing a dart at a dartboard, blindfolded, and it's just uh, you're rolling the dice. It's it's for people who want to have a gamble. Good on you if you want to play it. We cannot give you form preview for that. Fair enough, Ro? Yeah, completely fair enough. Uh, I had a one bet on a Arabian race in France, and the winner paid $151, and the two favourites finished last and second last. So I'm not going anywhere near an Arabian race uh, anytime soon or probably ever again. <laughs> Makes sense. So let's get into what I, I think is probably the most interesting race on the card. Race two, 1600 meters, a group two for the Godolphin Mile. I'm just going to go through a couple of the prices real quick. So Munta Zaz, number six, is $2. Uh, Coal Fronts, $8. Uh, heavy Metals, $8. And realistically, double odds, the rest, True Timber 13s. Um, I'll start us off. Muntahat I'll, I'll I'll say it right eventually. Its last two runs have been sensational. Ten length win, four point five length win. Its ratings are through the roof. Um, broke the track record last start, one thirty four ninety nine, on speed runner. Um, the two dangers look to be cold front, consistent type in the USA, third best PB in the race, and African ride. Looked a progressive type, um, scored well by three and a half last start over the mile and can probably improve. I have this number six, Mutahaz, who I'm never going to say its name right. I have it as the bet of the day. I think it's just going to win. It's going to space them. And I can very much take uh, last night, there was two ten, 10 around. That's been knocked off already into a dollar ninety. I'd be more than happy to take a dollar ninety. We'll probably get two dollars on the day with Betfair, I'd be expecting. How about you, Ro? Yeah, the thing that was that was frighteningly good about Muntazar's run last time was that he did it hands and heels the whole way. Jimmy yeah. Brownlee just cuddled him the whole way, um, and he just slowly improved his position. He didn't didn't even need to really hit the go button and accelerate. He just gradually built into the race and just kept going and going and going. So it doesn't look like he's he's hit his ceiling. Um, and for me, the Danger, the one horse that, that could pose a problem to him is Heavy Metal. Now, his run last time, he came fourth behind Muntazar, um, but he completely blew the start. He was many lengths off them. Um, he faced all the kickback, and then he had to come you know, four wide 
into the straight, and he still came on strongly to finish fourth. He wasn't beaten that far behind the rest of them. Um, and he did win this race last year when Ryan Moore pinged him out of the gates and went straight to the lead. And uh, he just kept going and going and going. But the concern for me is that in the five-rake stakes, two starts back, uh, Muntazar sat just off heavy metal and gave him windburn when they turned mm. into... Towed him up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah so I, I just can't see him um, reversing the form off the base of that. And yeah, Muntazar is just absolutely flying. But third, I've got um, Good Curry. He was making a lot of uh, good progress, and he's still sort of learning a lot about uh, running in, in Dubai. And he was doing a lot of work late to get into second behind Muntazar. So he looks to me to have a bit more upside than most that have already been put to the sword by Muntazar in this prep. You're getting about $34 for that, so you'd be getting a decent place price on the day there. Yeah, around, around the $6 mark, I believe. So, you know, if you if you want to have a, a large whack at Montezar, I'd recommend that, and maybe something small on the place for good curry. Who doesn't have a good curry? I uh, had one for lunch, so you know I love mine. <laughs> Let's move on to race number three, the Dubai Gold Cup Group 2 over 3,200 metres. We have the Melbourne Cup winner cross-counter here. Um, it is the $2.60 favourite from Call the Wind, $3.75, and Ispolini, $3.75 as well. Um, much longer the rest. you got old mate Prince of Aaron, who was out here as well for the Melbourne Cup at $17. And, yeah, that's, that's about it. They're all longer, longer than that. Quickly on this one, cross-counter, good horse. Uh, I just get the feeling, and... You, We've been discussing this horse all along on the lead up to this because I locked in an early price of five fifty about I'd say two months ago. Um, you just got the feeling that until unfortunately Bruntland died on the track, that Cross Counter wasn't going to run in this race. That they they never really had the the decision made that they were going to go to this race, and that that just kind of puts a little bit of a query in my head if I really want to be taking two dollars sixty on the day about the horse. I mean the horses. Two of its last three runs have been a personal best time form rating of 137 plus, and that'd just win this race. Uh, you've got like Call the Winds coming off 135, Isolini's off a 134. So the, the mark's there for cross counter, but based on what Ispolini did last start, probably more improvement to come. Call the Wind can be very competitive, dropping back from 4,000 to 3,200, obviously, is the, the query. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing. Cross counters rock bottom now at 260. I have to tip it, but I don't really want to be jumping in. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I had big wraps on, on Bruntland until he went amiss, um, unfortunately. And, and um, when uh, Cross Counter was nominated, he was nominated for both the Gold Cup and the uh, Shima. And last time they met Old Persian and Cross Counter, Old Persian had his measure, measure in the Great Voltager at York. And Charlie Appleby seems to think that Old Persian would be a bit too sharp for cross-counter at, at that shorter distance. Yep. Whereas the, the, the two miles completely brings out, you know, his, his best attributes. Um, and I think, I mean, personally, I don't think Charlie will, will be too fussed, to be honest, because Ispolini's made huge strides um, and I think he's going to win with, with either one of the two it's just a bit hard to, to line up 
which one you'd take, but just purely on the fact that Cross Counters had eight runs in his career. He's won five of them. He's finished second in the other two. And he's only had one flop in, in all its eight starts. So I'm just going to go with the consistency on that basis and, and have him on top for that. Um, I couldn't really have called the wind off the back of his, his run in France. It was a weak group one. Um, he'd need to improve a fair bit to, to be winning. Um, and the way it maps, I think Cross County is just going to sit off the back of, of Call the Wind and just follow him the whole way and then pick him off in the straight. That makes sense. And realistically, Cross Counter is coming off the best final 200 metres of the day on Melbourne Cup Day over 3,200 metres. Like, that stat alone is just insane about just telling you how good this horse is. It's just, I, I want to see the horse in the yard. That, that's that's what I've written down in my notes, is it's very much, I need to see yeah. this horse is fit, it's healthy, it's ready to go, and then I may pull the trigger again. And the fact, the fact that he won the Melbourne Cup first up off a setback in track work as well just he's he just has a lovely natural base of fitness that that for me he just seems bomb proof yeah uh, if he if he gets chinned he's you know he's going to run he's going to run first or second I, don't, I can't see him flopping at all um and if he gets beaten by one it'll probably be, be his Bellini. and if if the the smarties who took the, the six dollars and nine dollars about his a few weeks and months back They'd probably be in a strong position right now just to load up on cross-counter and keep their futures ticket as a saver. Was that you just being very modest and not putting your hand up and saying you took $9? No, no, no. I, look, I, I, took, I backed Frontland a long time ago, so my, my futures ticket's confetti, unfortunately. I, I okay. Frontland was going to actually go past cross-counter as a horse because he's just got so much more versatility. Cross-counter strikes me as a, as a type who would prefer to be ridden with a seat, whereas Frontland could do anything um and appleby got a bit greedy with him uh, last prep in france when he you know gave him the extra start when he didn't want it um and i thought he was gonna you know absolutely bolt in the gold cup this year but unfortunately that's racing that happens it does well let's move on to what all the aussies want to hear the el quaz sprint over 1200 meters so blue point has come up a dollar 60 you get a dollar 70 at most places still uh, favorite from Sands of Mali, 850. Uh, you've got Vidura, 15s, Wishful Thinker, 15s. Uh, Brave Smash is uh, out to 13s. That's yeah, getting competitive. And Stormy Liberal is also around the $13, meter, $13 mark. Um, the way I see this ripping race down the straight, look, Blue Point, I would say, is now the best 1,000 meter horse going around in the world right now. Over 1,200 metres, I think the horse is beatable. But on the ratings, it says these aren't the horses that can probably beat it out here. Now, there is only one horse in this race that I think, based on a fast track, can beat it, and that's Brave Smash. And that's if Brave Smash improves off the last start run at Flemington and gets the race run to suit with a brutal tempo. So everything's got to go right for them. Vidura is a second raider here, just in my opinion. It can run top three. You know, it's it, it's competitive. Sands of Mali looks a bit short coming off a soft track win, I would have thought, where it's SP'd about 40s. Um, I just have to say game, set, match, blue point here. I think Brave Smash to place is probably the, the value play in the race, though. Yeah, I, I mean, Blue Point, I, I was at Royal Ascot last year and I watched Blue Point 
win the King Stand Stakes, and his run was just just ridiculous. But Tash was going at a hundred miles an hour. Um, most of the field couldn't live with couldn't live with him, and Blue Point still cut him down and, and gapped him in the last you know seventy five one hundred meters. And he holds a track record for the the thousand meters and the twelve hundred at Royal Ascot, and his two runs so far uh, made in this prep. He's won under hands and heels by a big space. Um, the harder they go suits him, and even if they crawl and it's a sit and, sit and sprint, um, that suits him as well. I just I just can't find anything wrong with him. The only thing, the only chink in his armour is running around a bend, and this is a straight race. So that's the only knock I have on the horse. Um, there's no chance we'll see him out here for the Everest because of the fact that he doesn't like racing around a bend. Um, and as far as content, contenders for second and third, Stormy Liberal ran second last year behind Jungle Cat. Jungle Cat obviously came out to Australia and won Group 1, um, and Stormy Liberal was, was making a lot of late ground uh, up the inside. It was quite a good run. And Ektiar, uh, this prep, he won, he won uh, his second start in Maidan by about six lengths. A very impressive run. Uh, the splits were, were excellent. And then last time out, he finished second to Blue Point and you know, pretty much beat half of this field home. So $4, $55, I think XTR is good, good value for a place. Um, and if you're, if you're looking to back either Stormy Liberal or Brave Smash each way, I couldn't, I couldn't knock those. I think Brave Smash is a better horse um, up a straight than he is around a bend. And uh, vice versa, I think Vidora is a much better horse around a bend than up the straight. I could not have her at all, purely for the fact that she's had about 30 starts in her career and she's run up the straight once. She does, fly, agree. She does fly well um, fresh, but I just still prefer to see her around the bend. And as, as much as my heart wants um, the Alquaz to be won by an Australian-trained horse, um, I just cannot see anything getting anywhere near Blue Point, um, and I'd be happy for something to run a place. That makes a load of sense to me. So let's move on to race five, group two, the UAE Derby, 1,900 metres. There's a load of lightly raced progressive horses here. You've got Divine Image, about 350, Walking Thunder sixes, Jabaf, 650, Stubbins at 11s with Grey Magician 11s as well, and longer the rest. Um, I won't take too long in this one because I think you're going to have something to unload here. Um Stubbins comes off a eight-length win at a pretty poor Santa Anita race. Look, I think this is different class. I think the horse is not good enough. Um, the O'Brien Yard, well represented this year, but I'm not sure they've got a winner on the card, I reckon. Uh, Van Beethoven's, once again, another super, super progressive horse, but probably finds a few better. Um, Looking to the Japanese, um, Dama Louvre. Look, consistent type, not too bad. But I, I just think there's two main chances here. Divine Image and Walking Thunder. Walking Thunder was a bit of a forgive last start. Wide, worse going. You couldn't, you had to be on the rail to win that night. I just, I'm a bit of a forgiving guy. And Divine Image, just been flawless to date. Same right distances last start. Smashed a quality field by seven lengths. I'm I'm just having to back both of them here. I think you're still getting the right price to back Divine Image and Walking Thunder and you're getting away from the race with a good win. Yeah, I've been on 
Divine Image from start one, and I'm not jumping off anytime soon. She put six lengths on them in the last 200 uh, on her debut at Chelmsford in the UK. Straight after that, Charlie Appleby just said, yep, on the plane we go. She'll, she's both scout daddy. She'll love the dirt. Um, and we might set her for the Kentucky Oaks if she does well in, in Dubai, and that she has. Her first start in Dubai, uh, she played up something shocking. She was sweating. She was kicking everything. She bombed the start by about 10 lengths, and she still came home to run into second when nothing made that made ground all night on the card, and she still flew home for second. It was just a completely freakish run that, that horses just, just aren't capable of doing at start number two unless they've got something special. And she backed it up the next start when, again, they weren't making ground, and she won in the last ride off about 10 lengths at the turn. And then finally, when she was ridden on the speed nice and close, she was jogging on the corner, couldn't get out until the last 400, and then she did, and she exploded to win by seven lengths. I, I pretty much declared her last time, uh, thanks to Andrew Hawkins for reading it out on Sky. Um, <laughs> $3.75, when most of the favourites on the card are around the $2 mark, I reckon getting nearly double that for a horse that has nearly... nearly the entire field covered on collateral form. I think she looks to be the better card for mine. Um, Walking Thunder was was beaten by Ektiar, and Ektiar ran in another galaxy about 28 lengths behind um, Divine Image last start. And the fact that Connor Beasley, who is the main jockey for Phoenix Thoroughbreds, uh, um, the fact that he's chosen to ride Superior over Walking Thunder and the, their other horse, the fact that he's chosen Superior seems... To me, to think that it's going a bit better and has a bit more upside than uh, Walking Thunder, and I just think that that she she's an outstanding bet. And if there's one that's going to trouble her, it's going to be Superior. Ran uh, second to her, chased her home last start, and the only other one I can see is if Stubbins gets a you know a ten length lead and a cozy time out in front, he might be able to to make all and lead all the way, but just cannot go past Divine Image. She's bomb proof. I like the confidence, especially at the price. Moving on to the Golden Sheehan over 1,200 metres. It's Group 1, and the favourite here was scratched yesterday, Roy H. I understand that the futures markets were still left open, and there were some happy punters, including yourself, Roy. Yeah, I'd already, I'd already backed... Um, I'd already backed Roy H., uh, few weeks back um i thought he was a good price because he ran a slasher here in the same race last year and um he still managed to hold out roy h in, in the straight um and when uh when he was announced to scratch there was a few slack bookies that left it open for uh, about five minutes or so where you can get uh imperial hint and xy jet both both at the six or seven dollar mark but straight after that they fixed fixed up their mistake and uh the opening was gone pretty quickly, but I still, I still think backing both um, XY Jet and Imperial Hint at the prices around you know four dollars three seventy five is is a good way to play it. I'd be leaning towards XY Jet purely for the fact that he has more sustained speed than Imperial Hint, and from barrier two he can just ping the gates, go straight to the lead, find the rail, and I can't see them really running him down unless. Imperial Hint sits handy to him and, and tries to pick him off in the straight. But um, Roy, in, re in reality, 
uh, Roy H was probably the only one that was going to beat these two, and he's no longer in the race. I have to agree with you. I got XY Jet on top. I think it's just a consistent type. It's run its PB last start. It can prove again based on what I've seen. Imperial Hints got obviously the best uh, time form rating coming to this, but runs have been below best recently. Promises fulfilled, I thought, was a bit of a blowout, but, you know, can't really call it a blowout at the price anymore. And I, I just kind of thought drafted was a strange price. I thought that's almost like the lay of the card drafted here. It's, I, I can't see how it can improve significantly enough to beat these. Uh, I've so tipped, I've tipped drafted about three times this prep, and I, I think he's yeah. a good horse. I think that he's not going to be able to make up as much ground on these sorts of horses compared to what he was picking off and beating uh, this prep so far. Like he'll run well, but he just won't be able to catch some. Yeah, I agree completely. Build, promises fulfilled needs to find the lead. And the fact that uh, XY Jet's drawn uh, inside and we'll be able to hold him out and keep him off the rails, I think that means promises fulfilled is, is pretty much going to be a. Just getting in the way on, on the bend, and he'll probably stop pretty quickly. Moving on to the Dubai Turf, Group 1, Race 7, over 1,800 metres. This is probably going to be one of the most interesting um, races of the apps of the card. So you got Arm and I, $2. Dreamcastle, $4.50. Uh, Wooten, $11. Lord Glitter, 17s, along with uh, Vivlos. Deidre and Southern Legend, and then I Can Fly is in there at 13s. Um, I think Arm and I could be the best f- uh, filly slash mare slash female horse going around in the world outside of Winx at the moment. Um, is this her best distance is one of the queries. Is she red hot, ready to go is the second query. She's going to be on speed. She's going to be leading them around, and if you're good enough to get past her, so be it. Um, Dreamcastle continues to run well. Three wins on the trot. Last two, I think, have been good enough to run well here. Looks suited and looks the main chance to beat the favourite. Um, Deidre is a nice type from Japan. Group one placed. First up was below best. Can improve. I can fly. Last October was a really good second behind Roaring Lion. I mean, I'd be rating Roaring Lion extremely well here. So I have to consider if I can fly, I can reproduce that that there could be a, you know, an upset on our hands. And Wooden, look, it, I don't think it's um, figures are good enough to be winning. I couldn't be tipping it. It has to improve. Uh, all things considered, oh, I, I could not twist your arm if you wanted to back I Can Fly or Dreamcastle, but I just have to believe that Arm and I is as good as I've seen, and I can't see any of them going past her, especially if there's any hint of on-speed bias. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's a class, she's a class filly of, for me, the Norman's Hemisphere. I have a rated above the likes of Enable and Sea of Class, and I think that she will just, she should win this in a canter, realistically. Dreamcastle's the only one who seems capable of getting close to her. Uh, the fact that he's had, you know, experience around the Maidan track um, should hold him in good stead and he, he's com- been completely faultless since being gelded. He's always had ability and until I gelded him, he didn't really want to show it. But his last his last three starts, he's basically just, just sat off them and, and cut through them all in the straight. Um, they've been really impressive. And if if Armand I doesn't want to win, if there's something going wrong with it, uh, Dreamcastle's pretty much 
looks immoral compared to the rest of the field. Um, I can fly, might try something cheeky for Aiden O'Brien. He might try and go out at 100 miles an hour. She was very, very good first up at Dundalk on the uh, synthetic, winning by eight lengths, basically jogged in. Um, but outside of those three, especially the main two, just cannot see anything winning. They're just, just flat out not good enough. Um, and Arm and I, at $2.25, if she wins well, you might not ever see her in black odds ever again in another race. So Maybe the arc, but that's about yeah, it, right? Yeah. Um, this could be pretty much a last chance to get a, you know, a good return on investment for such a high-class filly because you know you haven't seen the price about Winks for ages. So this could be the last chance to really load on and get something for it. Could not agree more. Uh, Dream Castle, do you reckon Cox Plate maybe this year? Um, it's a it's a possibility. Um, I think uh, Said had a, an inkling that he wanted to try and get out to twenty four hundred meters and maybe maybe Caulfield Cup. Ooh, Caulfield Cup. I like this. You heard it but, here first, punters from Rory. But the, the the question for him is, what other horses does he have coming up? I mean, he infamously said last last year. Uh, that he only had three good horses, and that were Thunder Snow, Best Solution, and Ben Battle. Um, and Ben Battle and, and Best Solution are being given a, a pretty lengthy break because um, they haven't pulled up as good as he hoped to run them in Dubai. Um, so Dreamcastle seems to be the one that's that's taken the next step up and progressed. But I think if he can unearth some decent three-year-olds, he might have a crack with some some three-year-olds. Uh, in Australia this year, but you'll need to watch the sort of Ascot or you know, May, July type carnivals to see if he's bringing anything along. I couldn't recommend anything in any futures at this stage. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think when I first saw Best Solution, that would have been June, right? When we were watching, I, I still remember that very vividly. I backed the $2 favourite, which finished last in that race, and it was not Best Solution. <laughs> Yes, and I backed some Jishinga secret to knock off Best Solution and got chinned as well. So Yeah, we both got chinned, you're right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to race eight, the Group 1 Shima Classic over 2,400 metres. And, geez, this race has fallen away. Like, the three favourites are out of it. Best Solution hasn't gone there. Like, it's just, I think, fallen away with... Now, Old Persian, just being the $2.50 favourite, you got Magic Wand, uh, $6, Raider Oro, $4, Suave Richard, Nines, uh, longer the rest. Um, look, obviously, it's a competitive race. Um, the Japan runner, Raider Oro, brings the best form, having group one, having won a Group 1 over in Japan, um, and a second in a Group 1 as well from the last two starts. But... Once again, how do you measure them up here? Cheval Grand, same things. Group one placed. Magic Wand, it's a consistent type for Aiden O'Brien, but I don't think it's one of his best. Suave Richard, Desert Encounter, they're both decent types you've got to respect. But Old Persian just keeps getting it done. Um, I think Old Persian was a bit of a surprise. So you mentioned the race where Old Persian knocked off Cross Counter last year. All the mail I was getting from the Charlie Appleby yard was, wow, Cross Counter's simply just going to win this and then it's just going to go on and win the Melbourne Cup. Like, that's how they were talking. And they, I would say they were a bit shocked that old Persian beat Cross Counter back then. So that that tells me that the horses progressed further than they expected. And then 
it was a bit how, what would you say about its return it only just got there i think it was it was very good a very good return because he was boxed up he was in a lot of trouble and he still managed to get out and just really flatten out the line and, and savage the line and um it was probably i think it was a dollar 80 that day it was a really short price but it was it was visually impressive um, I don't know what the times were. I didn't look too much into that, but Aiden, uh, sorry, um, Charlie Appleby keeps being surprised by the horse. He they ended up throwing him in um, the St Ledger last year. They threw him in the Irish Derby, I think, as well, because he just kept lifting his in. He just keeps improving. So I think there's there's plenty of ability there. Um, he's he's got a sharp enough turn of foot to to win if they crawl or. You know, he, he stays on well if, if they're going quite hard in front. But I think this this is the sneaky race on the card for Aidan O'Brien. If he if he's going to pinch a race, it will be this one. He's got Hunting Horn, who likes to bowl along in front uh, <laughs> in the race, as well as Magic Wand. And Magic Wand's contested, I think, six Group 1s in her last six starts. She's run second in four of them, and not a lot of them have been run at the way she wants to uh, run at. She wants a crawl. She wants to sit you know, third or fourth or even second and then just sprint off on the corner. And I think Aiden O'Brien's chucked hunting horn in the race to sit out in front of them all, stack them all up and just crawl along and set it up for magic wand. Well, why is Michael Walker note over there riding for him? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, the way he's going, he might get called up to be a, a stable jockey. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's at, at $6. That's the real sneaky one. Um, I think old Persian might be cluttered up in and a bit tight for room again, like he was last start. Um, but I think this is the race that, that O'Brien's picked out and gone, yeah, we'll try and pinch that one. Cause I don't think he has enough quality on the rest of the card with his other horses to try and get one. I think it's $6 with the way that Aiden O'Brien is when he, when he puts multiple runners in a race, you know, he's got a plan, you know, he's up to something. And for a guy who can train about 29 group one winners in one season, I think he knows what it takes. And for me, this is this is the the one sneaky one that about six seven dollars that he can try and pinch. Obvious danger is old Persian, um, but I, I wouldn't talk anyone out of out of backing either of them. Um, if you want to lump up on old Persian, he's a very good horse. I've followed him since his debut, um, but I think I think Aiden O'Brien's picked this out as Magic One deserves a Group One, and this is the one we'll try and get her. So I was kind of setting you up there, so I'm glad you've gone away from it a little bit. I've actually got Old Persian as my lay of the card at the price. I have the horse rated about 350, 375, and you're getting 250 at the moment. So I've marked in that if the horse is on Betfair at $3 or less, I'm going to be laying it, and I will most likely be trying to have a small win bet on Raider Oro. Yeah, I, I could not talk anyone out of, out of backing... Um, Magic Wand, Rage Raid or, or Old Persian. If you wanted to lay them, I'd probably you can try and do it in the run. When you can see where they all pick out their order, that's probably the time to do it. Makes a load of sense to me, mate. On to the last race of the day. And, oh, we've only had a couple of Group 1s. Well, here we go. Another Group 1, the World Cup over 2,000 metres. Now, I'm just going to be very quick on this because I think you're going to have more to say because this is a very tactical race. So I'm just going to talk through the runners, give my thoughts, but I I think you'll probably make more sense than I will. So, look, I think Thunder Snow comes in after winning this last year and it hasn't actually won a race since, so it's a bit concerning, but 
Look, I think it's run two backwards, extremely competitive. If it gets the right run, it has to be considered. But, geez, it looks short. Lashida over from Japan. It's a Group 1 winner. Ignore its last start on turf. It's two dirt runs. It's it's going to have a big shout in the race. Uh, seeking the soul, consistent type. It's a Group 1 horse. Look, probably finds one too good. Uh, North America recorded a run in January worthy of winning this. Then ran well last month on a lead-in, top-class Group 1 type. It's It has to be very well considered here. The one that I'm kind of considering at odds, and I think it's an each-way play here, is uh, Gunavira. It's produced a really sensational run in the Breeders' Cup for second. Now, they went absolutely helter-skelter. And the way this horse was a bit unlucky in terms of how it got held up, it was... It was probably 15 lengths off them at the turn, and it's just stormed home on a really tough day. It was a tough, brutal race, and just from barrier one, I think it's going to have a better run here. I don't see it. I don't see them running it as fast, but it's still going to be fast run. I think it's going to get the right spot. It doesn't resent the kickback, which it showed on that day, and at the price, I'm getting 15s, I think. Let's have a look. Yeah, around $15, probably get more on the race. I just said it's a nice each-way play to finish the day. Hopefully we've landed a few shorties and we can just have a have a bit of blowout in the last. Yeah, I've got it in, in my numbers for fourth. I think the harder they go, the better suited he is. Yeah. He just does, from gate one as well, he might get you know boxed in. He'd he need to sort of sit a little bit wide to come around and make a run in the straight. But Barry won scares me a little bit with, with him. Um, that's why I couldn't really have him higher up than, than the main three in the market. North America is, and like I tipped him last year and it was a disaster show. He wears <laughs> wear earplugs on the way to the start. And when they got down to the start, there's a gigantic eight foot speaker on either side. One's facing the crowd and one's facing the, um, the inside of the track. And they took the earplugs out and the speaker just went boom, 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 spooked the horse. Um, he flopped out of the gates, didn't want to bar over, popped all the kickback. He's a leader. He hates kickback. So he has to really, you know, sit out in front or just outside the leader. Um, and it was game over from, from the barriers. Um, I think this year they've trained the horse to handle um, the outside environment a bit better. Uh, he doesn't seem to react badly to noise. They haven't put, the earplugs on or earmuffs on at any stage. Um, and I think this year he's definitely the one to beat. He's got uh, barrier barrier three and he should just ping straight out of the gates, go straight to the lead and burn them all off. Um, I've been pretty keen on him at about six, $7 um, from a few weeks back. And I think that's, that was a great price for him. He's, he's probably going to get backed into about $3, $23, 30 around that mark and go off there. Um, the, the problem for him is, is Capizzano. If Capizzano decides to ping the gates and take him on and turn it into a speed battle, I think they're both going to pester each other out of the race. One of, them, one of them's got to give. They've got to either sit outside each other or one's got to hand up to the other and, and just let them run in their own rhythm. If they keep trying to take each other on for the lead the whole way, that just sets it up for, for Gunavira. Uh, as far as Thunder Snow goes... It wasn't a great run first up, but Capitano put about nine lengths on him. Uh, <laughs> but he, he does love Maidan. His, his form figures are first, first, second, first, second, first, second at the track. So you know you're going to get a run for your money with him. Um, but from gate 12, when 
the leaders this time aren't likely to blow the start as they were last year and he benefited from it. I don't think he can win it this year purely um, based on the way that he's not going to get the easy time out in front like he got last year. Um, he can he can do it at both ends. Like his run in the Breeders' Cup was massive. We made a lot of late ground, but they were already off and gone. I just don't think he, he's that uh, sharp enough horse to close over the top of them. He has to lead from the front. And with the way that the horses in, in barriers two and three are, are trying to lead, I think they got, they've got him covered and they're going to burn him off and he'll just sit wide the trip and that'll be the end of him. Perfect. So this looks like a pretty exciting card. Can you give me your best two bets on the card and maybe a value runner if you've got one? Best two bets, I would say 